0: Psalm eleven, just about seven verses, and I wanted to read like you are blessed. It says from verse one. I want to? Let's go. The Lord, I take refuge. How can you say it in my soul? Flee as a bird to your mountain, for behold, the wicked bend the bow; they make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed. What can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked. And the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain snares. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. You know, we are reading this to start because of that first verse. He said, In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? Things will happen in life. There is something that the world is saying you should do in response to that. I hope i get getting my point. Yes, there is. There's always something. Here he's being told, flee. As a bird to your mountain. Run from one place to the other. For security's sake. Run from one country to another. For prosperity's sake. Run from one church to another. You know. For different reasons. Do you follow my point? Flee as a bird to your mountain. He said. "Why? How can you say that to me? How can you say it to my soul? The reason why you can't say that to me. Is because in the Lord, I do what? I take refuge. It's because in the Lord, I take refuge. See, in life, you always respond. You must. That's how life is. Situations will come up. how do you respond is the issue. I hope you're getting my point. And what we're talking about in this uh, short uh, prayer series is the fact that we must remember to always take refuge in the Lord. We must remember every time to take refuge in him. The world will always offer us another place of refuge. Do you get my point? Like this one, flee as a bird to your mountain. Now, what I want to say to us again today by the Spirit of God is that there is no safety there. The only place where there is safety is in the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. Some trust in chariots, others trust in horses. But we, where do we trust? In the name of the Lord our God. That's where our trust is. That's what we trust in. There are all kinds of things you can trust in. You can trust in money. You know, if you are trusting in money, honestly, your head is not correct. That's the only thing I have to say. It's not correct. Because it's obvious you don't see what is going on around. But what has been happening in this country in the last few weeks, you should, have, no, you should know that in money is just, um, I mean, it's just a, it's just a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. Some would trust in connections. Though there are people who join, you know, Let's say minister as an example. There are those who join the particular church because they just believe that this is, they will give me, they will, they will promote me. I don't know whether you get my point. That way I'll, become, I'll be able to minister. So even if they are doing things that are wrong, the person cannot leave because his refuge, her refuge is not in the Lord. This is a mountain that the individual has identified. Do you get my point? Sometimes people you know, take um, actions They make decisions in this nation that we are in. And you're shocked that why will you do this? Why will you sell your house? Why will you sell this property? Why you pack your wife and your children and you're going to a particular country? Why? Let's get there first. What are you going to do? No plan. You have a very good job or a good business that you are doing or your wife is doing both of you. All right? In fact, that's why you could build that house in the first place. You didn't build the house out of idleness. You didn't build the house because you were poor. You did it because you had something that was producing for you. And the person would liquidate everything because he has identified another mountain. And he says, let me run to this particular mountain. Before I used to reason that what is wrong with people. These days, I know what is wrong with them. You understand? There's no need to get angry with people. It is because they, they don't have hope. They don't have confidence in, I'm sorry to say it, in the Lord. There's some man I know, anytime he's giving testimony, tell you about how faithful God is, how faithful God is, then he will turn around and tell you, what is he doing in that country? Yeah, you're in Nigeria. You're still there? Ah. But then I run to Europe. Oh. I, 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 I say, my brother, you're confusing me. One moment ago, you're somewhere in Europe, you're telling me how faithful God is. Then you turn to me next moment and say, please, oh, quickly run from where you are to Europe. What does that tell you? His faith is not in God. That faithfulness of God is just a ruse. Because if your faith was in God, and you felt God was faithful, if you see me in the midst of danger, you will pray for me. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You will tell me that, look, my brother, God will keep you. You will begin to prophesy. There are times I've talked to people, they seem to be in the midst of danger, but of course it's the work of the Lord they are doing. I can't tell them run away. So when I finish talking, I get on my knees. I send them words of encouragement. It's not from my mouth you will hear that God is not faithful. I don't know whether you are getting my point. It's not from my eye. It's not from my mouth. It's not from my mouth. It's not from my mouth. I don't count. Look, I have to talk to people that are sick and stuff like that, and they have to make decisions. Every decision. If they not decide that, look, I don't want doctor's treatment. I want to believe God. I will be there saying, "God bless you." I was in a meeting once. A, a woman asked a question, very simple question. The answer alarmed me. It was a marriage meeting, you know, on relationships, husband, wife, you know, those kind of things. And a woman asked a question that um, maybe she's sick or her child is sick. And she wants to pray. And the husband said she should go to the hospital. How is she supposed to react? I wasn't the one preaching. I was attending. It was the answer of the pastor that shocked me. (laughs) Look at me. This guy was shocked. He was shocked like, what? If your child is sick, go to the hospital. Go to the hospital. What are you going to do? I don't know what I get my point. He didn't answer the question. The woman was trying to answer about submission and agreement and stuff like that. She, that's what she wanted answer to. But he owns the alarm, was like, How can you tell me you are believing God when a child is sick? You should be rushing to hospital. And I asked myself, is this guy a preacher? I don't think he is. He's a motivational speaker, he's a psychologist. And not even address like how can if you see the alarm in his face, how can you be so foolish? He didn't use those words. But that was what he implied. He said, No. Don't even try to. Eh? Hey? I said, hey, hey. Have you not been reading? Now, please, I'm not saying people shouldn't go to hospital, right? But that kind of alarm, it doesn't come from me. I just want to be sure. Are you really believing God? Or you don't want to pay bills? Some people, the reason why they are believing God is because the bill is high. It's easier to claim to believe in God because you ain't got the money. Or you, want to, you don't want the people to think that you don't have faith. I've been to people before, say I am believing God, I say, you are believing God, no problem. You believe God. And I open the medicine, I give the medicine, I swallow that on why you are believing God. So I don't have any problem with giving people medicine. That's not what I'm saying. And this particular situation, I just felt that look, what they are trying to do, bros, is not necessary. The treatment they are giving you is not hard, it's not, just take it, let's, let's leave this thing. So I'm not saying that I'm not, I don't think people should. But for me, I said, listen, if somebody wants to believe God, let me show you are believing God. If you are believing God, we'll stay with you. And I've seen people say they want to go to the hospital before, and I say, Oh boy, do you know where you're going? Let's sit down here. Let us believe God. And I've done that with people. I say, Hey, leave this hospital matter. Let us stay here. You know, I just gauge the person's faith, gauge my own faith, because my own faith today arises? <laughs> For you have to keep building this thing up. And then together, we pray, and we see results. But it must never come from my mouth that somebody wanted to believe God. And I was a discouragement. God forbid. Because I ran to hospital, I said, You've not been reading news. You hear the syrup crisis going on in the world right now. Some of you have not been reading it. Children die because they went to hospital. They gave them syrup. Cough syrup. And they are dying all over the world. Now, NAFDAC the day was beginning to you know, check batches of cough syrup that came to Nigeria from a particular country. Send information around to pharmacies and all of that and hospitals. Watch out for this batch. You may have to pull out this batch. Children drinking this are dying. No, when I say these things, I don't manufacture. They just open your. You know, some people, they, they just walk like this. They don't know what's going on in this world. <laughs> things are happening. Or, like, once somebody said, things is happening. <laughs> <laughs> things are happening. So, what's the rush? Eh, listen, you can rush to that hospital, and that's where you joke by me. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens. One man died, all right? On the, on, <laughs> he had them right on his um, grave. Now uh, listen to me. This was being quoted for okay, one of my friends. The father is a retired professor of surgery. Did you hear what I said? What did I call him? So he wasn't feeling well. So the, the child, who's also a doctor, so a specialist, when to say that. They go to hospital now. The man said, eh? <laughs> You're not getting me. The person talking, a woman, is a specialist doctor. She's talking to her father, a retired professor of surgery. That is nothing. I said, Daddy, "They want to go to hospital? The man said, Hey, eh, please. Oh. <laughs> he now quoted something which I never forgot. He told the daughter, I said, Listen, my girl, there is a particular grave here they saw once. And you know what's written on it? That the man said, I was fine. I wanted to get better. Look at where I am now. <laughs> now you don't get the point. This is a retired specialist telling his. Child, a specialist doctor, that please, I'm staying in my house, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't say she told me, I wasn't to that. Your father said, I said that's what my father said, oh, that they couldn't persuade him to leave his house and go to the hospital. Say, thank you very much. Let me manage myself the way I am. Meanwhile, he worked, operated on people for years before he retired, yet he doesn't have faith in the system. You do anything, you know his biology. You are rushing this. What do you know more than biology? What I'm trying to say is that, listen, we must learn to take what? Refuge in the Lord. Let's do that again. Just the first verse, Psalm 11. Want to let's go? In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to a mountain? The first line alone. Let's go. In the Lord I take say it again. In the Lord I take say it again. Against every disease, say it. In the Lord, I take refuge. Against insecurity, say it. In the Lord, I take refuge. Against poverty, say it. In the Lord, I take refuge. Against economic meltdown, say it. In the Lord, I take refuge. Against confusion in society, say it. In the Lord, I take refuge. Against all the troubles of this world, say it. In the Lord, I take refuge. Against every kind of sickness and affliction, say it again. In the Lord, I take refuge. Yes, say it again. In the Lord, I take refuge. Say it again. In the Lord, I take refuge. It's very important. In the Lord, we take refuge. Hallelujah. Let's take our seats. We'll just quickly continue the teaching. Today you will be filled again with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You will please Him in all respect. I say you will please Him in all respect. You will bear fruit in every good work. And you will increase in the knowledge of God. Let's continue teaching. The Lord our refuge. The Lord is our refuge. That's what we are looking at. Now I began to explain, of course, just now, that is a reaction to things that matter. Troubles will come in life. You know, I was studying the scriptures just a short while ago. actually so trying to just remind myself because I believe the Holy Spirit laid upon our hearts to look at two examples in the scriptures of how people reacted to troubles that came upon them. One of those people, alright, of course two situations. One Ezekiah. The other one, the church in the book of Acts. We'll look at both of them. And we're going to use that uh, format to pray today. Please, let me say it again. That you have trouble, that you have challenges, is not the issue. They come. Sometimes not because you did anything wrong. Sometimes just because your faith has to be boosted. And God actually does that. You're just going around your life. Nothing wrong with you. And people be amazed I will say this. And God say that my son, look at that my daughter said. Wake him up, he's sleeping. I know they call wake up. Trouble will just come for no reason. And it's right for you to first check. I do that. Is there anything you are doing wrong? It's important. Did you open a door? It's important. But I don't want I don't believe it is right for you to just condemn yourself for no reason. Do you get my point? Some people start checking. Did you step on an ant on an ant? we are looking at what's an ant. Yes. When we we're young, there was a there was a, like a poem like that. Turn your foot to one side. I don't know it in I don't know it in English, I know it in Yoruba language. But just for the sake of those who know Yoruba, I'll give it the first time in Yoruba. Yes, I won't say more than that. What it means is that turn your foot to one side. Because the ant you are about to step on is a creature of God too. Yes, you've not heard it before. People actually kind of taught that. And some of this um what they call those people? Those, live, those who live very strict religious life of those days. Some of those ascetics and all. yes. They actually used to practice it. How many people know of St. Francis? Yes. That was, if you study that man's life, the little I know about he was a very funny human being. He practiced asceticism to, to an extent. Eh? I don't know whether he was the one that got tired. Before he, the days of Christianity, Buddha did it. A bit of Buddha. Buddha practiced asceticism until... He almost died. He fasted until you could count all his bones. Then he told us boy after that, leave that thing, it doesn't work. St. <laughs> Francis used to do stuff like that. I don't know exactly how he ended. I think he also changed his mind after I said, Bro, that's not the way. Francis used to call animals brother, brother dog. Yeah, the goat was his brother. I don't know whether he used to eat animals. You know, yeah, he used to be funny. <laughs> the Lord is good. So, you, see, you can't go around trying to judge yourself so harshly on everything. So, I'm not recommending that at all. I am not recommending it. And then, please, you now remember one thing you did eight years ago that you have confessed. That one is Satan. Satan is the one just trying to remind you of things that God said he has forgotten. And if you remember more than God, how can you remember things that God has forgotten? What's wrong with you? If he forgot your sins and wiped them away, who are you to remember it? You want to go for exam and beat God. What's wrong with you? If, you, if they give you report sheet, say, What did you get? 100%, what did God get? 95. You know it's a fake exam. Don't you know? I pass more than God. <laughs> no, 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 something's wrong. Just look around. You are in hellfire. <laughs> that is. It cannot be earth, can't be heaven. Uh, you beat God in an exam. What is the things that they now say, Okay, write six things you did 15 years ago and you can remember them. You have a problem because God says, I can't remember him. Because anytime I want to look, I just see blood, blood of Jesus. Then you, you want to be remembering. Now you get a problem. Do you get my point? You have to learn to forgive yourself also. So they won't let God forgive them properly. God is the one that's doing the forgiving. They are the ones that are making it hard. It's important. So sometimes things like that come up to me. I just say, the Lord is merciful. The Lord is faithful. He has forgiven me all my sins. I confess my sins to him. I, say, Lord, should I confess it that time. What are you talking about? I say, God, thank you. I'm happy you can't remember. What does it mean? He forgave. He forgot. I hope you're getting my point. So it's good to do intros- introspection, but I don't mean to start digging up things that God has buried and have forgotten. That's not what I'm talking about. Because sometimes troubles come to wake us up to corrections. To wake, up, wake us up to doing things properly. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. No matter how well you think you are doing things right, just open your heart. There may be a better way by which you can do it. So it's important. But beyond that, sometimes if your conscience therefore in this context doesn't condemn you, because it's if it was God that's waking you up to something, he will not hide it. I hope you're getting my point. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He won't. He won't. As soon as you start thinking about it, he will quickly come with an interpretation with correction. He would do that quickly. Especially when you have a heart that is right. A heart that can be corrected. There was a man. He didn't know what he was doing was wrong. He took Abraham's wife. As soon as it was pointed out to him, what was the first thing he did? He said, Lord, Habba, you know me. He, the man said it was his, his sister. I didn't know it was his wife. I don't take people's wives. God said, yes, that's why I came to tell you. If it's the other king, the other kingdom next to you, I won't tell him I kill him. Because I want to take people's wives. <laughs> he said, I know you normally don't do it. So you did it in, in error. However, error or no error, it was wrong. And sickness had already come into the family. So they quickly restored his wife. And they let him pray for you. Do you follow my point? So, but what, if you see, the point I'm making is that, you see that God corrected him. And he knew that he likes to take correction. And he quickly repented. So God doesn't hide it because, of course, in that situation, all the troubles in the house of Abimelech was caused by the fact that he took somebody's wife, even though he did not know. Because the one that does not know to do something and therefore doesn't do it, he receives few stripes. It's not like God will know, Because if God doesn't give you few stripes, you will never know that you're supposed to do something that you're not doing. I'm just saying that if you bother to think and to introspect and pray, God will quickly correct you. Sometimes the correction is not something you can come up with by yourself. So he will send somebody. And you know, God corrects people different ways. Personally, a lot of my own correction has been through dreams. And most of them have been, I just think about it. Something will make me settle. And I just say, no, this path of this way is not the right way. All right? I can't, and it comes different ways. Sometimes it has to do with decisions concerning my children, my family myself, the way I do things, when, if I just discover trouble in a particular way, I, if I do what I do, it happens, it happens a lot of times. All this diet thing, you know? By the way, when you hear me talk sometimes. I learned obedience from things I suffered. <laughs> I would just be See, you know how no God loves me? He has corrected me on little things. One day something was happening to me in my heart, which was wrong. I was almost beginning to walk in Anger, I didn't know, and bitterness. And got to one of okay, keke, jam his car. I'm not joking. And he came around, ran, ram my car. Do you know, I woke up spiritually. Physically, I was going JJ. There was nothing wrong with me. One, that is physically speaking. Now, I'm not praising myself too much, alright? But I can assure you, I doubt that there's up to one person here who can drive better than me. He said, like, ah, thank you. What you don't know? No, this will surprise you. I've been driving for almost forty years. Specifically, I started driving thirty-nine years ago. So, when I say, don't think I'm kidding, so I'm a good driver. And I'm, one of, I'm not one of those drivers that you they, they gave car, they went to go and learn. Those are you know easy to know them. The brake light here, brake light there, jam rock here. Jam. There's no corner of that car they have not jumped. You know what you know about such people? they had the car before they had the license. Most of us, it, wasn't, it was the other way around. We had license long, we started playing for a car, you know. <laughs> okay, why am I being dramatic about Just to paint a picture. So down this road, I just about to take a turn in front of the stadium. The light was green on my side. It was red before. I stood waiting for the light to turn green. And as it turned green, I turned, took a left turn into Presidential Road. Then this unnatural south child driver was coming. Obviously, he's only a turn red for mine to be green. The, whatever angelic or evil spirit driving the vehicle ignored me as if he didn't notice the green or my very big vehicle. I kept on driving, and something in me said, This guy is joking. Last moment, I realized that this man is not planning to stop. So last moment, I had to, it was too late. So I did a sharp turn to the right and just let me get out of his way, give myself a few inches. At that point, one keke man was coming on that side full speed. Because when he coughed, I didn't see him coming. And because of the way it was, he couldn't have known that I was going to do that. Next thing I heard was, why? I stopped. That one the Chatsangai. I kept on driving like nothing happened. The keke man now came down. I came down and looked at my car. The guy came and thought he's going to get into trouble with this big man now, you know. I just told, me, I just told him, it's not your fault. Ah, you see, he was so relieved. <laughs> Mom said, I hope I didn't damage this man again. No, he wasn't damaged. It was only my car. And I entered my car again. was going to pick a friend. was waiting for me somewhere down the road. And as soon as that happened, my head was corrected. I knew why. Instantly, I knew why. So I give the Lord thanks and I continue driving. I'm sending my obedience to the things I suffer. See, some of this diet nonsense I tell you about. Eh? I've God is always watching my food. Any food that's not manufacturing and conjuring up because of health, I know it will make me sick. So I don't bother. It has happened before. I don't bother. See, you wake up in the morning <laughs> and be hear those kind of... You know, people just believe rubbish. That you see, you don't eat anything cooked Till one o'clock. Have you, heard Have you heard that before? Yeah, people say that, no. This diet, nothing boiled, nothing fried, nothing that has, like one man said, nothing that has seen the fire till one o'clock. I said, it's not your fault. You are rich. Yes, you are rich. Because if you were going to a construction site, Opa has seen the fire. Trust me. <laughs> what do you want to eat that has not seen the fire? I see some diets, I just laugh. In fact, the, 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 the composition alone, the English behind it, you take asparagus with lettuce, just know this is not an African diet, you just know. Because if it was an African diets, you'll be hearing of pumpkin leaf, ugu, green, amaranthus species, you know, stuff like that. You'll know. When you're hearing of spinach and broccoli, you should know it's not your diet. You should know. What's your problem with broccoli? Some cannot even pronounce it. They call it broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> you should know it's not your diet. That's why You can find local substitute. Bros, boil your rice. Put stew. Are you getting my point? You have fish. Put it on top. You can fry plantain. It's the will of God. Put it there. Eat. And give thanks before you start eating. And give thanks afterwards. I have to stay on my digression. <laughs> All that nonsense. They tell you that this one has alkali. This one is basic. This one. I hope all of them, border dash, rubbish. Just eat, give the Lord thanks. I hope you're getting my point. See, I have found out long ago. <laughs> God just watching me say, Vanky, if you start this nonsense, because one of the reasons why he didn't even let me do it, he said, You're a teacher, I've ordained you to be a teacher of my children. You can't mislead them. I can't, I'm not allowed to mislead people. I was joking with my mother the other day, something led to it. I said, Well, it's a long story. I said, do you want to go to Jerusalem? Go and visit Jerusalem. Take a stretch leg. I said, I had offered this thing to you years ago. You are the one that said you don't want to go. He said, you, Pastor, go to Jerusalem. I said, "Mommy, to end my ministry. (laughs) I told him, no, I'm not going. He said, why not? I said, to spoil my ministry. How am I going to tell people? What will I tell you I went to look for in Jerusalem? He said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to Zimbabwe. Do you follow my point? Yeah. Because if I go to Jerusalem, the rest of you want to go to Jerusalem. If I go to Zimbabwe, I know you won't follow me. Yes yes, I told my mother, I said, hey, "I am not going to Jerusalem." Don't do. "The reason is that I don't want to mislead people. If I go to Zimbabwe, you won't think anything of it." He said, "Where's Pastor?" He went to Eritrea. You're like, "Oh, that must be missions, all right? Praise God! Pastor is now into missionary activity." But if you hear, I went to Jerusalem, you start thinking that he did go for baptism. Who, did, who followed him? So, is pastor came to around. No, ah, you begin to suspect. Look for a goodness, they are going to do baptism, even though we didn't go for anything like baptism. Now, what I'm going to say is that so the things I do, <laughs> I'm very careful before people, uh, Yeah, of course. Before they say uh, the pastor said, look at where he has gone. That's where he gets power from. <laughs> Any power you bring for Jerusalem is satanic power, trust me. Yeah, it's devil's power. Jesus' power is not there. No you want to know where Jesus' power is? Thank you very much. Even you know, it's in your heart, your lips, when you put the word on your lips, where you kneel down to pray, anywhere. If they come and sell you olive oil from Jerusalem, you are the Mugu. You are the Mugu. Say so they sell you mustard seed. Did Jesus say if you shall eat mustard seed? What did he say? If your faith is the size of a mustard seed. So don't buy it. Just take a picture of it. See? I wish you can download easily. So now I know the size of faith needed. I know that mustard seed is so costly. They not wrap it for you, and you don't even know whether it's mustard seed or miniature millet. You don't know. No, there's millet that did not grow properly. They will sell it to you, think it's mustard seed. The Lord is good. Some people are feeling guilty. I say, Pastor, how did I get my money back? i might where you bought it from. Oh, let me sit on my message. So the point I'm making is to see, God has corrected me many ways. All right? Yes. So I don't get involved in something so that I don't lead people astray. That's what I'm trying to make in all of these things. I don't get involved. So the Lord corrects people. Personally, I've been corrected different ways. I think about something, something I understand. At other times, it's been dreams. Sometimes friends will tell you something. Dramatically, I've had a number of dreams that corrected me. One of the, As soon as I woke up, I knew what was going on, and it had to do with the use of my mouth. And in that particular one, I had a reason, you know, that is humanly speaking. Somebody did something to me, and I was offended. So I was reacting in a particular way, and the Lord, through a dream, let me know that what I was doing was totally out of order. And since then, even though the dream has not repeated itself, that lesson is strong in my heart. So anytime I go in that direction, I correct myself. And what happened was simply somebody did me a lot of bad. So I was telling everybody, Did you see what this guy did? Did you see what this guy did? But I've done it to him. So every time, because the bank is enough, stop assassinating this guy's character all over the world. And I saw in a dream a man taking a knife, a broken bottle, and was cutting another person left, right, and center. And as soon as I woke up, I realized I'm the one that the Lord was saying was doing that. In reaction, now, honestly, I felt justified until I woke up. Do you follow my point? So God does correct people we are dealing with the living God. I don't want us to forget that. All right? But if he doesn't quickly bring correction, don't come and sit down there and um, be um, trying to look for a problem that's not there, sin that he did not commit. And if you find one, what do you quickly do? You repent. How do you repent? In fact, even before you say anything, there's a way the heart will change. God hears it loud. Yes. But you also complete it. Just open your mouth and say, to "The Lord, I'm sorry, I did not know about this, or I I omitted to be careful in this area. Have mercy upon me." And that's it. But having said all of these things, sometimes trouble just comes for nothing. Do you get my point? Nothing. If it is prayer, you prayed well. If it is giving, you give well. If you live in righteousness, you you are straight like a pole. You've not said anything wrong. Yet trouble came. Ah, You feel like Job. Job said I was not at ease. Yet trouble came. For all that Job knew, he didn't do anything wrong. Until now, many people don't understand why Job went through what he went through. We are not teaching about Job now. But know that it happens. And every time it happens, listen to this, it's called a temptation, but you cannot be tempted more than you are able to bear. God will not allow that. So, what do you do at such times? You know, first of all, what you do. Remember, it's called a trial of your faith. It's being sent to increase your faith, heighten your faith, increase your dependence on the Lord. Somebody probably is listening to me. That you feel sick in a manner that your doctors can't handle. It's good. Yeah, you say, well, it is good. You know why it is good? Before now, you had so much faith in a doctor. You feel you live in a secure environment. Like David said, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. So God said, let's handle it early. While your head is still, you know, you are still together. You can handle something. And what is he doing? He's through that process... Demonstrating to you the futility of your confidence. After after you've tried everything, go so you are settled down. You start praying. Then you now bring out scripture. You now discover. You start discovering portions of Psalms, Jeremiah did not know existed. You open Genesis chapter one verse one. You you'll be seeing things you know were written there. You know the truth. Let's not lie. Were ye not look. Where you know that you have cast down that bed of affliction, you will never have seen those scriptures. You will never have seen those scriptures. Want to see a man of God? wants somebody you all know? If I mentioned the name, he had a terrible accident. So I just talking with him. How are you doing, sir? Everything? He said to me, and at that time, he would have been like fifty something, maybe fifty something between fifty five four and fifty, six years of age when this happened. And i had been a Christian, nothing less than, than my way of at that time, nothing less than twenty-something years, maybe twenty-five, thereabouts. Now, when I, when I saw him and we were talking in his hotel room, this was a few months after the accident, maybe five months, less than five months. So we we're, were just talking. He said that it was an accident, terrible accident. That's not, the cats some assaulted. Good enough, he was belted in. All right? He said the driver of the car, no injury on him. The car was seriously damaged but insurance paid. Okay? He was he was the one that was battered. Broken bones here and there, including ribs and all of that. As soon as the car came to his rest, to a stop, after some assaulting a few times, it landed upside down. So he was still in his seat, belted, and the, the seat belt was holding him in. Before they even came to rescue him and get him out, he said, the first thing he said is, that, now, Lord, you've gotten my attention. What is the problem? He so said, that was the first thing he said. He said, now, Lord, you've gotten my attention. You know what that means? Before then, he realized God couldn't get his attention. So as soon as the car came to a rest, that was the first thing he said to God. Now, why I gave you his age, how long he has been a believer, and the interval between the accident and when we are speaking, was that he said, he said, since then till now, I've learned more about God than I knew my whole life before now. And it was 50-something. Then these last few months, I've learned more about the Lord than I knew all my life before now. That's why David would tell you. Before I was afflicted, I went astray but now I obey your word. So sometimes troubles come. It's not every time there is a correction in that regard. of, um, is, yeah. Sometimes it's just to strengthen your faith. And that is why the reaction to everything matters. Oh, let me say it again. It hurts me when I hear the way Christians talk. I've, my wife knows I had quarrels with people over PVC over the last few days. At the end of the day, if you, if you are one of those that maybe you have my number and you see my, um, my status. It's pain that made me write those things. I was pained. You see I even not put this theory I there. I was pained. You talk to Christians. You can't get them out of this idolatry of PVC. You say, God can save with PVC. I say, remember to tell us he also can save without it. Ah, I was pained. You talk to people, I say to you, that picture of one woman kneeling down, and somebody tapped her the hand of Jesus, supposedly that's not my Jesus, that one has plaster on his index finger, my Jesus does not have, okay? Listen to me, I consider that picture and I said I've reasoned about it, I've thought about it, I've argued people about it, I still say that picture is blasphemous. So I wrote at the end of the day, after talking to people, I realized they are mistaken. For they do not know the scriptures. Or most importantly, the power of God. They don't know the power of God. Maybe that's why they don't know how it hurts me. Because all Christians are trying to do is mobilize. Mobilize. Number one, the number of things you cannot mobilize and get a good candidate. It's not possible. Why? You don't know the heart of anybody. I, I said there are three things you don't know about anybody. One, you don't know their heart. Two, you don't know their ability. And I wrote number three. Many people may not understand what I meant. You don't know what? Their breath. When it will expire. You gather, gather. Elect a kind day for God. God, <laughs> look at these idiots. This guy is not going to live more than a week beyond beyond, beyond the election. Beyond the swearing in. Is, is this something I haven't seen before? In Kogi State, Aubaka Audu, is that not his name? He was winning an election. Before they declared the result, they got to the house, he was dead. One man danced, dance, dance, dance on the tribunal and say, Can't dance again. You know what I'm talking about? Is no They don't dance on this side. You know what I'm saying? You keep on putting faith in things that have been demonstrated to you. They don't even work. Um, What's the name of this guy? The American um, great man of those days. John D. Rockefeller. Rockefeller. What's the other guy? The Morgan guy. I think J.P. Morgan. And then there's another one, third one. Morgan is, is is, is, it J.P. Morgan? The banker. The, uh, okay, and then Andrew Carnegie. Carnegie, Morgan, Rockefeller, and I think a f- fourth person, I'm not sure. But these were men that the wealth of just the three of them was more than the rest of Americans put together. Well, I'm not sure about that, that figure anyway, but they were the world's wealthiest men. There's a guy called Theodore Roosevelt. They feared him. He was a politician a politician who threatened that would finish his voice. They knew that was his um, plan. So you know what they did? He was a governor, I think, of New York. So what they did was that they said one place where people don't have power is vice president. They have name, no power. Yeah, vice president don't have any power, nothing. It's like being a deputy governor. Sometimes when I see I say that, a Christian, I say, listen, relax. Don't even have sense. You should know that you are fighting for a position that doesn't have any power. The big man said, Look, how do we silence this guy?" So they used their influence and made him the vice president. So it was the running mate to the big man. So once he became vice president, they said, praise God, now we are safe. So this man was no longer a governor. He was not a senator. He was was nowhere where he could make noise. He was the vice president of the United States of America. What they did not factor in was that one guy was going to take a gun and shoot the president. So one day they were at home. They heard the news. One guy broke into anyway before the security became like this, walked in and shot the president, and the president died. To their shock, their nemesis. Theodore Roosevelt became president. They did not see it coming. So, how do you want to plan? I said, Christians, you cannot scheme. I mean, like, what if God revealed to us who the president is, oh, so all of us can vote for the president? I said he never does that. I said theoretically anything is possible, but that one he doesn't do it. When he revealed to Samuel who was going to be king, Samuel stepped back and watched the people appoint Saul by casting lots. He didn't force, he didn't force um Saul on anybody. Are you getting my point here? So I look at people and say sometimes they just relax. Why can't you relax for God? Now, for those who want to understand what I'm trying to say, if God wants to appoint you as president. Please, let's just use Nigerian geopolitical and uh, 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 religio-political state situation. And you are not only a Christian, you are not only from the South and the Southeast, you are even an evangelist. Ibra- uh, 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 What's name Bonkey. Your name is Rehound Okechuku Bonki. Are you getting my point? When God wants to make you president, he will walk to the South Town's and say, endorse that man. If you walk to the um, imam of the biggest mosque in Kano and say, endorse that man. He will make them endorse you. He will make even the Islamic clerics vote for you. That's what is called the power of God. I believe that. I don't believe on this nonsense. Christians come together to vote for something. It's rubbish. For, for the records. Bank is said it's nonsense. It's a denial of the power of God. People say, God can do it. That's not why you are saying it. You know, sometimes, I, what I don't like is self-deception. You know, what you what don't believe, you think God needs you Christians to get that, to get that and vote for a Christian. You believe that. You don't believe that God really has a way which he can work out even if all of you didn't leave your houses. You don't believe it. I say to Christians again, forget this nonsense. Your PVC is not your power. It's your delusion. You want to know your power? Your knees. You want to know your power? Your righteousness. Your ability to approach the throne of God. You want to know where the power lies? The power lies with God. Once he has spoken, twice I have heard this. The power belongs to God. You know where my power lies? That's why I wrote the book, Let Us Agree. Despite that, you know, I, don't think people, I think many people read that book and they rejected it in their hearts. Because this question has with my brethren, nobody asked me a question to say, you said this in this book, what did you mean? No, not one person. A little book. Anyway, you, see, you know what I said? Like I said, in, in, the, in that my status, I said, there will be weeping and what? national of teeth. You know why? Because God has sworn that He will break every idol. In the life of His children? No, He will break it. He will break it. it. See, you have to understand. It's an oath He has taken. Let me tell you another thing, which He did not know. Many people won't like it. And I read my Bible, gave me confidence. Jeremiah was never popular. So I've told the part of Jeremiah. Alright? If Christians in Nigeria gathered, that, are able to elect somebody by their power, and because they believe this person will do well, that person will fail. I say it boldly, I'm not joking about it. Why? God has sworn to me every knee we bow and every tongue we swear allegiance, they will say, only in the Lord righteousness and strength put hope in anybody else apart from him because this one is struggling with me for my wife I kill him but of course politics is one place where I never see human become so dense spiritually when you start talking politics their emotions are on oh talk about stronghold stronghold the stronghold I said Jesus and there are so many deceptions we hold on to because I'm not teaching politics now, of course, I'm not supposed to even go in that line for when I'm talking officially. When we're just personally, there are things I would love to tell you so that you know that you are believing a lie. Now, this is not spiritual, now, no, just physical. I was talking in an office just a few hours ago. One young man was there. He just said, he made, I was joking with people. They made a statement. I looked at him. I said, This young boy, obviously, you understand politics. There was just something he said. I said, You understand politics. His boss, the woman, just said, if you talk there again, I will give you a question. No, we're, we're playing. We're joking. I said, yes, he won't talk. I said, but he made a statement now that showed to me this guy understands politics. The rest of you don't. I was like, how did I get there? Uh, yeah, there's something made me get to that place. Anyway, can I know what I was trying to say? So sometimes, this is what God is doing there is shaking your faith. It's provoking you to maturity. Is helping you, you just have troubles. You didn't do anything wrong. Hmm? But God needs to say, okay, that's why I went into that PVC issue. You may not know it, but you have put your faith in a place where you should not. Personally, has done things to me before. I just look, I said, God, I'm sorry. Maybe I just feel like, oh, I have enough influence in this area to be able to handle that. And then God will just the moment I need that assistance, all the people I know there suddenly we travel and go and live or retire. And the only person remaining will explain to me that ah, there are new rules that they can't talk to people that they know. I don't know whether you're getting my point. God has does that to me all the time. It doesn't mean you, did, you are not consciously doing anything wrong. You're like, he needed to provoke you to spiritual growth. As I like give an example that you may think you have money and you have good health insurance and you're in a place where Healthcare is good. And God will just say, All right, before it becomes too late, let me make you sick now. So you can lose faith in the healthcare system. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. So we just to give you one small sickness. He's the one, not the devil. This one, you know, I'm going to say, I've been about my servant job. There are some which look, I'm going down myself. This one is between me and this, is my guy. Just touch you small like this. Doctor will get confused. You will get confused. Today you come and tell the doctor the headache is doing me like this. Next day, you come, a doctor wants to investigate the headache. You say, No, I thought that's a headache yesterday. I meant shoulder. Doctor said, You said headache yesterday. Friend was they they sent to the psychiatrist that you are not all right. Then, when you go to the psychiatrist, you, you, you will impress him with so, such, your, such a sanity of mind. Psychiatrist only. What did they send this guy here? <laughs> By the time you finish, you are praying for the psychiatrist to solve his own family problems. So, he sends you back to the surgeon who sent you initially. I tell the surgeon, that surgeon, are you sure you know what that was wrong with that? It comes back. The surgeon says, hey, how's your shoulder? I said, shoulder? I? I never said shoulder. I? I said, my head. The guy that looks at the psychiatrist, are you sure you know this guy is okay? So, <laughs> they will do a scan for you and find something that they don't know what it is. You know, after they've tossed you up and down, ah, and doctors can toss people up and down. It's not their fault. Though. Sometimes they say, okay, women should go and do um, mammography. You know what they call mammography? That mammography thing is very funny. If it's very bad, it is clear. If it's very good, it's very clear. It's the one in between that can drive you mental. Doctor will say, see a shadow. Because you see mammography shadows. He see shadow like this. So we should go and check. Ah, I think they harass your life for one year. At the end of one year, and your money and needles have passed through your body up and down. They finally say, there's nothing wrong with you. Then six months later, you come back with pain in the same place. Then they start again. I've been, look, we've seen patients like this. Sometimes people like us now say, Madam, come, sit down. Do you go to church? Yeah, I do that. Say, yes, sir. You go to church. Start going more. Pray. Yeah, sometimes you just have them look. The only way you can come out of this is just say, I don't care again. I actually tell people, I said. look, if anything terrible is going to happen, when it starts happening, they will find. That right now, leave this thing. And I just feel sorry. I say it all the time. Those who don't know God, how do they manage? Which is why I'm teaching this evening. In the Lord I have taken refuge. Sometimes when you feel like that, you go that, After you feel run up and down, you now go home and you go and kneel down, you go and pray. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, touch me here, touch me there. You wake up next morning, you are perfectly fine. Is that one day, was I really sick? Is it is the is the prayer you prayed out of desperation that God finally came through and He let you know, say, Oh boy, sure you can see there's no help for you anywhere else. Say how much of the MRI you did? You did two or three. Each one of them in today's night I cost you maybe 120K, 360. What about this um, EEG? You tell, By the time you see the list of things you have done, you now realize that. yeah, And you saw the best doctors available. Yet yeah, they could not even decipher what was wrong with you. And you knew something was wrong with you. In fact, they even saw a lump somewhere in part of your brain. After you finish praying, you go next day, they can't find anything again. Next time you have a sickness, your child can't say, I'm sick. You know the first thing you do? Let us pray. Let us pray. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Kila ya, Yeah, Father. <laughs> so, Daddy, you can pray. With my brother, <laughs> why don't <you> go pray? <laughs> it's because of what you have been through. And you know what? For God, that faith is more precious than anything. Oh, with Him, that faith is so precious. That's why sometimes. God pushes trouble across your way even though you didn't do anything wrong. But please, my emphasis for today, your reaction. What did I say? Say it loud. Say my reaction. My reaction. That's say, The Lord is my refuge. Say, in the, refuge. in the Lord I take refuge. I am not running to any mountain. I am not to any the, Lord mountain. the Lord is my mountain. In the, Lord I take in the Lord I take refuge. Now, how do you do that? That's what we're talking about. We're emphasizing that. So today I said we're going to look at a number of... Stories, the one I want us to look at right now, yeah, which is why I went to do that, is Ezekiah, 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 chapter chapter fifteen. Let me see all those who are trying to find the book of Ezekiel. <laughs> Let's know those who have not been their Bible. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, there's no book of Ezekiah. The story of Ezekiel you find in um, Isaiah. But I think we should read the one in Second Chronicles. That may be the best one for us to read. We'll read the one in Second Chronicles, chapter 32. And we're also going to go to the one in Isaiah, but the reason why I just want to go to the one in Second Chronicles is quite... Um, we'll use both of them. But so as to save time, all right? I'll just remind us of how, how Ezekiah started. Ezekiah instituted reformation, revival in in Judah. He did that. I'm trying to see where I can just quickly um, point that one out from. He did a lot of things. He restored temple worship. You know, from chapter 29, you see the story of Hezekiah. You see that Hezekiah restored temple worship. He made sure he put the things back in order according to the instructions that God had given to Moses and also to David. He arranged the priesthood. He did all of these great works. For time's sake, we will not... um, Read through them. He broke down the idols in the land. He did that. He invited people from Israel, northern kingdom, all of them to come for Passover. Now, I want to read from New American Standard. Um, Verse chapter 32 now. Please, for time's sake, you can read all the other ones by yourself. Chapter 32. After these acts of faithfulness, I like the way my Bible introduces that chapter. After these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and besieged the 45 cities, and fought to break into them for himself. Did you notice that? What the Bible said to us? When did he do that? After the acts of faithfulness that Hezekiah had carried out. After Hezekiah had done everything that was right, what happened? Trouble came upon him. That's where I'm going. You will have thought, naturally speaking, that after everything, God will give him rest roundabout. Which is what God did with Asa. But in this particular man's case, after the acts of faithfulness, what he saw was trouble from the world's superpower of that time. After fasting and praying, what he saw was trouble. After saying, I will not participate in what the people of this generation are doing, what he saw was trouble. Please, my message for this evening, and we are going to do that in a moment, Pray, is how do you react when you see trouble? Let me tell you the evil way to react, which offends the Lord. That's the problem with this country. Anyway, in summary, murmuring, grumbling. What use is it that one even serving God is those, those who are doing what is wrong, those who are cheating are the ones passing. Those who are giving bread are the ones getting the jobs. This is If I give that money, my friend that gave that money, now, he has been working that place for three months, and what thing has happened to him? If one God to really personally punish you, say that. That one, he will, he will push the devil out. He will beat you himself. When it's done, the devil can have the remnant. Grumble about faithfulness. Grumble about righteousness. Grumble about holiness. You know you're offending God. Never ever, for any reason, think because you have done holy, then things must not work out for you. They don't always work out. You see Ezekiah here, I like the way my Bible gave that line. He said, after these acts of faithfulness, Walaakim. After these acts of faithfulness, Trouble came. Sanacherib, king of Assyria, Assyria came and invaded Judah and besieged the fortified cities and thought to break into them. Now, because of time, all right, I am going to save, you know, just quickly jump. When this happened, what happened? They began to do the of course. They are prepared for war and all of that. But you will see. Let's read verse 6. He appointed military officers over the people and gathered them to him in the square of the city gate and spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Be strong and courageous, do not fear, or be dismayed because of the king of Assyria, nor because of the horde that is with him. Read the next line for me. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. Please read read that again. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. Oh, please read it one more time. For the the one one with with us is greater than the one with him. him. Everybody say it. Greater is he that is with me. Greater is he that is with me than all the troubles around me. Greater is he that is with me than all the insecurity. Greater is he that is with me than all the calamities around, than all the fears of the people. Say, Greater is he that is with me. I think you should say that to yourself every morning now. When they tell you they are killing people somewhere, say, greater is it that it's defending me than those who are killing people. You should say it. Faith creates reality. I want to remind us again. You know your faith, you know what you do with your faith? Guard it jealously. I need to say this before I continue reading. Treat your faith. Okay, let us assume as an example now. After this Bible study is over, I call you Bro, I like this your shirt. The colors did the, they enter my uh, eye. Then I give my hand in my pocket. And I roll five thousand US dollars into your hands. Now, take and buy more. Five thousand dollars. You going to enter Kekeda evening if you are going home. Ordinary five so thousand dollars. Suddenly you want to go and ease yourself. It's not you want to hide it inside, you know. There's a way you will hide your money it's as if you are sitting on top of a motorbike. It's, and it's your car, it's, it's your money. If they tap you top to bottom, they can't find shishi. Nothing. Ordinary five. Hey, as it happened to you before, you, know, you keep the money somewhere. Nobody knows who. Yeah, wake up in the night to go and check whether it's still there. <laughs> Just $5,000. Okay, what if I now made it 20 so that it's bulky? You, 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 ask, um, you ask the Reverend Felix that, do they need security guard here? Because you don't want to go home at night. You will sleep in this Bible study overnight. Oh, nearly $20,000. Because you, you, you've done calculation, multiply by seven something. Down to naira. Ideas entering your head. Do you know your faith is more precious than that? That's the point I'm making. That's, That's the point I'm trying to make with that. He said, "Guard your heart." You know, if you read that Proverbs chapter four, you know what it says: "Guard your heart above all that is guarded." If you read most translations, of verse twenty-three, It says, "Guard your heart with all diligence." Faith is of the heart. That's what he's talking about. He said, guard your heart with all diligence. That is, guard your heart above all that is guarded. Maybe there are chat groups that I belong to. I'm trying to run it. I don't know how to run. But there are those who post in those chat groups. Before they are post lands, I've selected and deleted. Seriously. I'll tell you my wife, I said, if this guy posts, I said, if he posts 20 things, I don't think I read up to two. Especially when it's something that you need to download. Even if it's 15 kilobytes, 20 kilobytes, not even talking about megabytes. Tap, 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 delete. Tap, 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 delete. I said, look, I don't want people poisoning my ears, my soul. Why am I saying so? If your faith fails, you will sink. When the faith of, of um, Peter failed, what happened? He sank. he sank. Do what you have to do. See the way you are getting that money. Guard your faith more than that. There are people you just won't call again. Just say, no, I am not talking to you. And you are not talking to me. If you are bold enough, tell the person why. If you are not, just avoid the individual. You'll be surprised. You may actually have to resign the job. Say, "I'm not working here again. Why? My faith is not is being assaulted every day. I don't have enough time to build my faith. Your income will drop by more than half. Of me talking, I've done it before. I dropped my income with the mercies of God by over sixty-five percent. Abi? Yeah, about sixty percent, sixty to sixty-five percent. It dropped over, overnight. Why? Okay, you can do the calculation later. I dropped it from 15,000 to 6,000. Those of you who know mathematics can really do the calculation of that for me. From 15,000 dropped to 6,000. Why? Because where I was working as a resident, salary was 6,000 a month. Where I was working the evenings alone was 9,000. But I said, look, I don't get enough rest. I don't get to go to church during the week because I, I work evenings. So, by the time I'm closing, before I get to where I'm working, I take off by 8 service. Normally, of course, you know the way service, you get to church by in Lagos, I think by 6 to like 8 before you now. So, I know getting to church was out of the question. So, during the week, I couldn't go. And two weekends in a month, I'm on duty. So, I simply wrote to my boss God bless you, sir. I can't continue. My income dropped from 15,000 a month to 6,000. I was talking to a very good friend of mine. I said, some people think I'm crazy. He said, I'm one of them. He told me straight. He said, I think so. I don't understand why on earth, banking, you would do that. You don't know how difficult things are? Look, that money was small. Don't think I'm, I'm look, the 6,000 remaining, it was hard. if I look back now, I said, I must have had faith. I must have been possessed by the Spirit of God. Oh, our little book, is, uh, there's a new book we have out. You should start reading in the next one month, thereabouts. It's now going through final stages of. No proofing and all of that. Receive the spirit. You need to receive the spirit. You need to drink the spirit. Look, I look back and I say, how did I make that decision? What I just did to myself, I sat down, I didn't go anywhere. I couldn't buy anything again. With which money? On that 15,000, eh? life was hard. And I dropped it from fifteen to 6,000. What was my reason? I didn't have any other reason. I said, I want to go to church and I want to sleep. No, my number one reason was, that I said, I need to go to church. That's what I said. The second reason was, I needed to sleep. It was in, when I was still working like that. One of those days was when I was so sick eh, that I was going. I, I, just, I close work. Maybe I, I close in the morning by eight in the morning. I resume in the evening by eight p.m. All right. The one I do, if I did the previous night. All right. I was so ill I couldn't leave. I just stayed there. It was night time to start the night shift again. One of those days I woke up and I found that my face was riddled with pox all over. I found that I had chicken pox. It was a stress. So I took Supernatural Living Series by Bishop David Oyedepo. I put on the tape, tape two. Eight tapes. I think I still have them somewhere. I'm not sure. Eight tapes. I took tape two, staring up the gift. I sat down, listened to the tape. When I finished listening to the tape, my faith was boosted. I put my hand on my face and I cast the chicken pox in the name of the Lord. Woke up next day, totally disappeared. What's that period? So I said to myself, no, I can't continue like this. I wanted to go to church. God is my witness. My number one reason was I wanted to go to church. I said, Panky, you can't live like this. You're going to be a preacher. How will you be living like this? I said, I I reduced my income from 9,000 to 6,000 a month. Everybody felt it, felt bad. They thought something was wrong with me. I couldn't understand why they couldn't see what I was seeing. And I told them that you don't get it. My tomorrow is bright. I shouldn't die before I get there. I didn't... I'm being honest with you. I could not understand why they could not see it. So I was talking to a good friend of mine. I said, now wow, people can't even see this and they think I'm crazy. He said, bang, before you continue, I think you are crazy. He couldn't get it. I'm not to emphasize something here, people of God. There are times you make such decisions to guard your faith. Not only your faith, you guard the faith of your children too. Some of you, you just think this one. Once I can just get education, for my children they will succeed. Listen, I know many people personally, alright? Of all the people I know personally, that I have their phone number, I can talk. They'll see me. I probably sleep in their house and all of that. The richest of them is the one that told me finished school in primary six. I know many good people who are collecting good salary. This man doesn't collect salary; he pays salaries. He's one that told me that the only year he lost money as a businessman. He said, "He said, man of God, I had is it three or four chartered accountants working for me." Now you get my point. Let's you not know, give details. But the man who hired four or three chartered accountants was the one that told me that. He said, "I finished school in primary six. I have engineers who are friends. I have professors who are friends. None of the people I know, none of them, if it's money or business or the accounting, is can come near. something so that you think you must, you must die so that your children will go to one expensive school somewhere, and you don't care about their faith. I think something is wrong." I so told my children, look, see. It's, just sit with me. Just sit with me and car, we'll drive up and that will, while you have to go to school. If I talk to you long enough, you become very educated. <laughs> now not say you shouldn't go to school. I hope you're getting my point. But no, that for me is not is not the primary it's not the primary drive in life. Men who didn't go to school are hiring Harvard graduates. What's your problem? Do you know how people are queuing up to, to work for Dangote now? Do you know that? I don't know what, the man must advertise advertised now for the positions in um, that is that refinery. People are coming there with engineering degrees from the best universities in the world. Insecurity is your problem. They are planning to come and live in Lagos. They are planning to live in Abuja. They are planning to live in Portacott. They are planning and, and with seed. They are sowing seed in church to get the job. I don't know whether I get my point. They are wrapping their application in Mantu. They are striking the comp As they want to send the email, they strike the computer with Mantu so that Angote can employ them want to kill yourself to send under eight children to where you cannot guard their faith. Let's look. I will finish my message today. <laughs> so you'll be patient. <laughs> say amen to that too. <laughs> what I want to say is that guard your faith. Because if you hold, if your faith stands strong, it's amazing what God can do for us. It's amazing what He can accomplish in our lives. Oh God, I feel so strongly. God we. Shatter your imagination this year yeah. with testimonies Amen. in the name of Jesus, Amen. Father. Do it. Ah, what is just in Look, this man said, Guys, this is the greatest superpower around us, has come against us, but let us understand something. Which verse with him, verse 7? He said, He said. The one with us is greater than the one with him. Now listen to verse 8. With him is only the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. (laughs) Oh God. Please take a minute and give a lot of praise there. Oh, just give a lot of praise. Oh, that verse 8 is so powerful. (laughs) Oh, that verse 8 is so powerful. That verse 8 is so powerful. With him is only an arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord, our God, to help us and to fight our battles. Oh, Father God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are the one fighting our battles. You are the one that is fighting my battles. People of God personalize it. Lord, you are fighting my battles. Oh, whatever be the battles, Lord, you are the one fighting it. You are the one fighting it. Say, Lord, I will see the manifestation of your power. I will see the manifestation of your power. Lord, strengthen me, help me. Strengthen my faith. Let my eyes not depart away from you. Let my eyes not depart away from you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now for time's sake, please, please, take time and read all these stories. Then the man began to taunt. He sent people. Rabshakeh came and was speaking against the Lord. And against, you know, Ezekiah. And against the temple. He told them, he said, look, don't let Hezekiah... No, let me not forget one thing. The Bible says, and the people relied on the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Don't forget that. They listened to what Hezekiah was saying. That was their trust. Then, So for that reason, they were not afraid. Ah, uh-uh. So the, the, the king of Assyria was worried. He sent servant and said, why are you so confident? He said, don't say, Sennacherib, king of Assyria. On what are you trusting? That you are remaining in Jerusalem under siege. It's not Ezekiel misleading you. I mean, verse 11. To give yourselves over to die by hunger and by thirst. Saying the Lord our God will deliver us from the land, hand of the king of Assyria. Please, let me explain what is happening here. You know, what, you know what they call siege? For those who understand. What they call siege is simple. Those who used to live in walled cities. Now we don't. But then, let's say Enugu as an example. At night, everybody, the whole of Enugu, of course, has walls around it. That's how it used to be. And at night, they lock the gates. So during the day, all the farms are outside the walls. We can trade small inside. But major trading is outside the gates. So when, for example, headsmen bring their cattle, they don't bring into the city. You go out and meet them outside the gates. When tomato trucks will come, they wait outside the gates. Now, so what armies used to do those days, the walls were built for a protection, for protection. So when there's war, everybody runs into the city for protection. So what means when they are very powerful, what they do is that they cut you off from every supply. So every household will have food. If you have water inside the city, maybe a well, a spring, good. But sometimes Our rain is falling, good. But sometimes it's a stream that flows from outside into the city. So those guys will go and block the stream. They divert it, they don't come to the city, so water will dry. So generally, the, the cities can hold can hold up for some weeks, months, maybe. So if you have every household, because they money prepare for that, they store up. So the invading army knows. So they block you completely and wait for your supplies to get exhausted. They wait until your water dries up. They wait until there's no more food. I hope you're getting my point. So when you hear the story, that when um, Elisha prophesied that by this time tomorrow food will become so abundant, that also happened. The siege was broken, in that case. The aim is that after a long time, you will get tired, you will negotiate terms of peace. Because if you don't, they will just stay there. Eventually, you start dying of hunger and disease because of starvation. Do you understand? So what they used to do, they just wait. They wait it out. The the siege can last years. They're not not in a hurry. So what people used to do is that to break that siege, there are different ways. Sometimes, when people realize that it's getting bad, they get their most valiant warriors. Those ones who come out of the gate and fight till death just to create a corridor for help to pass through. Other times, when you can't do all of that. Of course, another thing people will do is that you will have sent emissaries, messengers. They will sneak through hidden paths to go, say so maybe Assyria, you go to Egypt and go and tell Egypt, your ally is under siege by the Assyrians. So the Egyptians will come and attack, thereby break the siege. So, this man was saying, What are you people relying on? Time will not allow us. He thought they were relying on Egypt. He said, Egypt. Egypt is like a staff that is sharp, that pierces the hand of anybody that lives on it. You <laughs> can't rely on Egypt. Did, he did not believe. He said, You want to rely on Hezekiah, on the God of Israel. He said, Which God has ever been able to defend his people from my attack? He said, My father conquered all cities and nations, they all had gods. Say so which special God do you now get. Please, time will not allow us. He said, Who was there amongst all the gods of those nations which my fathers utterly destroyed? Who could deliver his people out of my hand? That your God should be able to deliver you from my hand. He said, Now therefore, verse 15, don't let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you. And don't believe him. For no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Please, just for your information. Anytime anybody speaks like this against you, be happy. Because they have provoked your God to anger. This one always works. In fact, when God is, he wants to help you, he doesn't have enough reason to help yet, he will push your enemy to talk nonsense. Once they talk that nonsense, just begin to dance. Say, why are you dancing? <laughs> I see my deliverance. Tell me, sir. Okay, My God is able to just taunt him. Say, there is no God. Look, especially when you are a young woman, a big boss, big lecturer, whatever I want to harass you. Yeah. Once you say, which God? Be happy. If I have just fallen down there. Why are you falling down? Relief. You have just taunted the living God. The God of Israel. The only true God. Before whom the earth quakes. Before whom the nations cannot stand when he's angry. The God that made the heavens and the earth, you just taunted him. Even Wiki said it, he will show up. (laughs) (laughs) Is he here, Wike say. Governor Wiki said, call on the creator. See all these gods who are parking in those places? Those gods, I will come and flog them out of their (laughs) shrines. See what are they doing? Isn't it to collect chicken and libation? Say if they are really gods, come and walk. You (laughs) didn't see that video. I said, <laughs> we came for <from> president. <laughs> he said, any God that wants to be God should get up and walk. All these God are just stay in with the point liberation. He said, not in river state. <laughs> he said, because when he calls on creator, he said, the creator shows his power. That is the creator. He said, you're, he said I'm coming to bulldoze all those. <laughs> oh, I love that man. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> this man threatened... The Lord. Now, I've still not gotten to the main thing I want us to read, and I think at this point in time, let us quickly go there because of time. Because if you read here, you will see what. Let us just read this, but I will not get there. But let's do verse twenty. Okay, no, we are going to come back to verse twenty. All right, please hold your verse. Hold verse twenty. All right, somebody hold verse twenty. We are going to read that verse twenty all the way to verse um, twenty-three. But I want to show exactly how Ezekiah responded. That's where I'm going. Quickly go down to the book of Isaiah. Please hold this for also. Second Chronicles chapter 32. We're going to come back to verse 20. And, but let's quickly go to the book of Isaiah chapter 30. Let me see where we'll read that one from. Now, I decided to read that one because it was more abridged. All right? We could have read the same story in Isaiah. But it's much longer and then scattered a bit. But this one we can see. The summary of how Ezekiah answered. All those tonts that Rabshakeh was given, that was a spokesperson for Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. He came to Hezekiah as a letter. Verse 14, everybody go there. Okay, chapter 37. Then Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, who is enthroned above the cherubim, You are the God, you alone, of the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and listen to all the words of Sennacherib, who sent them to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have devastated all the countries and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. Why? For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone, so they have destroyed them. But God, you know you are not like that. Jeremiah said the Lord is the true God. He's the living God. The everlasting king. Verse 20 now. He said, Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand that all the kingdoms of this earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. That's the answer. That's the method. Did this what he did? What did he do? He carried the problems, went to the temple, and laid them down before the Lord. You know what many of us don't know? How to just lay troubles and give them to the Lord. We would like to come with plans. Do you follow what I'm saying? What does the guy I do? Just simply when they say, Lord, um, you Lord, I, I know you read. Reading is not a problem for you. He put the letter down. There was one book we used to have those when we were young. I like the way they showed it. You know, there's a picture of it. That's the kind of picture we would be drawing, not stupid pictures of PVC in the hands of Jesus Christ. Do you follow my point? The real picture is the one I saw when I was young. Ezekiel knelt down and laid the letter opened it before the Lord and said, Lord, can we read it together? A for apple, B for ball, S for sanctuary, you know, S for siege, T for taunting the Lord our God. He showed it everything to the Lord. I like that picture. He knelt down, the, showed the scrolls. Ezekiel put them before the Lord and said, Lord, read it yourself. That's what you should be painting. He's the car before the Lord, not Jesus Christ that cannot hold anything. Tapping somebody praying to him and say, "Take BVC, this is your power." Blasphemy. What did I call it? Blasphemy. Nonsense. And I saw Christians defending rubbish. See, anyway, I realized I told myself the main problem is that people believe that nonsense. That's why they were, That's why they were, they, they, they were defending it. I say it. You no, know, there are some things you don't cross. For me, some things are so holy. I don't think you should touch them. Now, listen, you know the funny thing about me, eh? That picture. Frank Donga, many of you know Frank Donga, that funny comedian. He did one like that. And I laughed and I shared it with people. Look at this Frank Donga. Why? He was an angel. Who was taking calls and saying, hey, what's your problem? You're from Nigeria. Okay, Nigeria. Okay. What is your problem? You want this? Where's your PVC anyway? And then Frank Donga beat the person. He was an angel. You know what? I found it funny. It was, to me, a comic. I didn't find it blasphemous. He's but an angel. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Why I found this picture particularly annoying was that a Christian was on her knees with her prayer points and a Bible in hand. And that fake Jesus Christ showed up with PVC in his hand. No wonder they cut his finger. For me, some things are too sacred. See, that hole in that hand is too sacred. How Christians could tolerate it, I don't understand. You showed the hole in his hand and he interrupted his child praying. Nonsense. Some things are too sacred. What did I say? The Bible calls them holy things. Some things are holy. They are holy. We should be careful how we handle them. The Lord is good. Where was I? There's a guy. There's a guy. The Lord is good. Now, what I'm trying to say, many of us, we don't know how to put our bodies down before the Lord. That's where the problem is. We don't know how to. What did Hezekiah do? He went, laid the body down. Now, I said you should hold somewhere, right? 2 Chronicles 30, 32, verse 20. Okay, now let's go back to that place. Again, I'm trying to get the ones that are easier to read. Verse 20. He said, but Hezekiah... And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, prayed about this and cried out to heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed every mighty warrior, commander, and officer in the camp of the king of Assyria. So And so he returned in shame to his own land. And when he had entered the temple of his God, that false God, remember that false God, some of his own children killed him there with his sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others, and guided them on every side. And many were bringing gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem and choice presents to Ezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations thereafter. Hey, I, I, I hope you are following this. This is what God did? He went and slaughtered soldiers. I think that was apostle. Is Isn't where he killed one hundred and yes. Is, is, yes. yeah? It's the same story. Yes. yes. If you go back to I, 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 Isaiah, you find it there. One angel, one night, killed how many soldiers? Now, how many soldiers? Quickly go back there. One eighty-five thousand, right? Yes. Thank you. One, one. You know the thing about it that God said, "She, Nami you they abuse like this. Eh? I won't come myself. I won't send two angels because you make you feel too important. I'm going to send how many?" One. One angel, one night killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. 185,000 of your troubles will die in one night. See, this is how you hide in God. This is how you hide in God. Not bringing up fantastic plans. No matter how, look, I painted a picture of you. This was a difficult time. It was difficult. Assyria surrounded them on every side. Say, I'm going to kill you with hunger and thirst. He said, ah, Come on, let's negotiate truce. He told them, I'm gonna give you two thousand horses if you have enough men to climb them. Oh, he taunted them. He said, Come and negotiate with my my, my my master. That was a, a Rap talking. Come to negotiate my father my, my master and he will give you two thousand horses to start. We're a prosperous kingdom. Sell your best right to us, we'll give you land, we'll give you things just come and bow before my master. God was looking at them like this. He said, which God would deliver you? They surrounded them every side. He said, flee to your mountain. He said, how can you say to my soul? He said, in the Lord, I have taken refuge. So this man went to the prophet, Isaiah, and they went and prayed. They put the letters down before the Lord. God, see, Lord, God said, it's not you, he's taunting, it's me. The eyes of the Lord runs to and through the whole earth. Why? He's looking for the opportunity to show himself strong on behalf of somebody who's had to be completely yielded to him. I hope you're getting my point. What does it mean? Just go there and say, God, see the trouble. You are my God. Do something about it. All the soldiers he kept out there, 185,000. One night, God sent one angel. I've been reasoning, how did that angel do it? My knowledge of geography and world history, I came to a conclusion. Imagine now, you put 185,000 Nigerian soldiers in um, Borno in this season. The major problem they have is what? Heat. Do you understand? So imagine that one engineer now decided to come from Europe and brings cold for one night. Are you getting what I say? No, Nigerian soldier is not prepared for cold. This is what I think. I think an angel came, went there. It just blew cold for a night. They all froze to death. In the morning, another angel came, warmed up the place. They just saw dead bodies. Because, I'm talking naturally speaking, I don't know any disease that spreads that fast to kill that number of men in one night. The things that normally kill are natural disasters. That was not an earthquake. There was no tsunami there. Tsunami can do that. Tsunamis can do it. did it in Bandahatchee. One, one day, 250, 20, 220 some people died. One night. Oh, tsunamis can do it. So I thought, what could I have done in that place it was a cold spell. And then they just came, <laughs> blew upon them, froze everybody to death. So this is how they were looking at this kind of, guy. <laughs> until they died. The cold did not pass their camp. After that, Hezekiah came and began to plunder. And you know what God did? He could have killed sanat himself. He could have killed Rabshakeh. He said, no, leave them. I'll leave his own children to kill him. Shame to bad people. Those who hate the Lord, the Lord will rub shame on their faces. Those who rail against the Lord, he will rub shame on their faces. He went back to the house of that his false god in shame. Why? Because somebody took refuge in the Lord. See, poverty is about to run away from somebody's life in shame. I hope you're getting my point. Affliction will run from your life in shame. Since affliction is not a human being, what God will do is this. He will put so much joy upon you, so much reason for you to celebrate. Those who are laughing at you will become confused. That's how God will do it. Say amen to that. This 2023 is going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah. He's going to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's read this and then we'll pray. You no, know let's get ready. Right everybody, are going to pray. You are going, I'm going to leave you praying for at least five minutes. Why you tell God details? He's a cherub. The man don't decrease, Lord. He's been taunting. You know the kind of satanists that come sometimes, and rabbishakers is fear of tomorrow. They've told you, look at your life. What do you think is going the next few years? That's Rap Sheka. That's Senachary. They are talking to you. Sometimes the diagnosis. Just came back from oh. all. <laughs> you went for a test. He said, Come back tomorrow for results. You have not gone. You don't want to hear what the man wants to say. There's one woman I know, young lady. The doctor said, Ah, I'm busy. Can you see me tomorrow? She never came back. She knew what that meant. She came to do tests. She came to doctor. How far? Doctor said, "Ah, I'm busy now. Can we talk tomorrow about it?" She ran away because she knew that for this doctor not to need time to sit with me, my own don't finish. That's Sheka. That's Nacherip. Comes to scare people. I'm telling you. Oh, sometimes it's news. Nothing scares a young woman more than her mother died of breast cancer. Hannah, an auntie just got the diagnosis. She's she's not crying for her auntie or for the dead mother. She's crying for herself. Because the news is everywhere. It's it's the genes. The genes. And you know, hear that news. She went and removed both breasts. She heard the news. She went and removed both of her breasts. And many people don't know, and both of her ovaries. She heard news. News can scare. Look, listen. One day, one pastor in Nigeria said, please, oh, these people are mad. Go and dig a hole to hide when they come. You didn't hear that then? Eh? Why? Because they heard the news of Boko Haram, heard the news of headsmen, heard the news of ISIS, Iswap ISIS in the West African province. Heard the news and people got scared. Is that kind of news that makes people sell their homes and go to where they think they will be safe? Is that kind of news? Let's just quickly read. It. I want us to read this because. You are going to do Hezekiah today. You hear what I said? Yes, you are going to do Hezekiah your problems unto the Lord. Yes. You know how the Bible says it? He said, cast your burdens upon the Lord. That's Hezekiah. Hezekiah, that's what he did. He carried the burden and said, Lord, thank God this taunter, this enemy wrote it in a letter. Take, it's your letter, not my own. You are the one who's taunting, not me. He gave it to, Hezekiah, to the Lord. Lord, read, it's your letter. Sometimes you email God all your troubles. So you know, you are a tech generation. Compose everything. Write god at heaven.home. That's a good website, isn't it? My father at heaven.home. Don't worry. Yahoo will bounce it back because you don't have to deliver it. But don't worry. God has received this. <laughs> Gmail will bounce it back. Say, bros, which one is god at heaven.home? Don't worry. But you need to do something that's radical. Sometimes you write everything down. Print it. Now please, I know some people, I went to preach somewhere. One man said, Pastor, this thing you have said. Some people started doing it too. I didn't know how to do it. I so said, let them do it. You don't do it you don't cause any trouble. But I will say it here. Sometimes, because the man was afraid I would turn people to white government church. But it's not white government church I'm doing. It's white government, uh, white righteousness. What? Sometimes, uh, seriously. Seriously. Sometimes you will sit down. Put communion table there. Get your wife, get your children, if necessary. Light a candle in there. And offer the request unto God as a bond offering. Yeah, know what I'm saying? You write everything, all the troubles. Say, Lord, I don't know how to post it, but you can hear me. I read it out to you. Now that I've been really reading it to you, I put it in the candle and let it burn. Put it on, I light it, put it on the saucer, a plate, and burn. Let the smoke rise up to heaven. God, as the smoke is rising up, so is my trouble coming to meet you. They call them faith extenders. But not saying it's the standard practice of Christianity. I hope you're getting my point. So that's why that man that day was afraid that pastor. This what you have said. <laughs> my people will turn into practice. So I felt like so God it's not bad. Any opportunities are used to pray. Sometimes you need to do that. It's for your own sake. see, you must understand. Okay, why can't we just give our lives to Christ? Why did Jesus say be baptized? Say, what, what I wash the waste in. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do it. Not because. It's, look, I, sometimes you just do some things. You sit down, write details. Paper. If you type it, print it out. Delete the original file. Say, Lord, let us talk. You read out to him. And you finish. Burn it as a sign that, Lord, see, as this thing is burning, is leaving my heart. You leave him, and after that, you go and sleep. Let me tell you what faith is. Part of faith is let the worst that will happen let it happen. You think, you, you think. <laughs> you think uh, people think that uh, Daniel uh, you began to declare, lion, you shall not bite me. You know, I'm the son of God. You can't bite me. Ooh, ha, lie! No. Then I went to sleep. Lie, one chop, chop. If you can eat, eat. And the lion said, chop waiting. Finally, the place may, may have been cold. The lion came wrapped around the Daniel. And listen, there are some sleeps you sleep. Nobody you sleep on a sleep sleep you. <laughs> ah, When Peter was sleeping, the angel had to beat him hard to wake him up. Normal people are pissing up and that they want to kill us tomorrow. You know what I found out? Nobody Peter sleep. It was sleep that Peter Because he couldn't sleep. It was sleep that Peter. At times, listen, listen faith doesn't in the name of Jesus. Eh? No. And I said, God, I don't pray. Hmm? I won't sleep. Like one woman, they said, you didn't come to hide, you know, bomb shelters those days. During the Second World War, when London is being bombed, everybody run to the shelter. So they didn't see the woman after a while. First, they didn't see her. Second, they didn't see her. They say, this woman, oh, Hitler, don't kill him. They thought they hit, the bombs of the Germans have hit her home, and she's dead. So they, they were feeling bad. Then one day they were going on the street. Who did they see? The old woman. Ah. Mama, you are still alive? Ah, I did now. You don't come to bomb shelter again. You see, I'm usually asleep. What? He said eh, that one day she was in her book, her Bible, and the Bible says in Psalm 121 that the Lord neither sleeps nor slumbers. So she just wondered that why should two of us keep awake? The woman said that she realized that there's no use. Two people keeping awake. So if the Lord will not sleep and slumber, somebody has to do the sleep <laughs> and the slumber. Uh, so if the one that do siren, boom, 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 the woman just just covers her. Head. If she doesn't even hear the siren, she's not the one that sleeps. He sleeps that has. <laughs> sleep slept her. May the sleep of God sleep you. Yeah. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of calamity, may you fall asleep. You won't notice it. Yeah. Jesus was on the boat, tossing everybody up and down. Did he, did he wake up? When they, when they woke him up, you know what I think happened? You know, I think what happened? Peter was rowing, rowing. Say, said, John, call him. <laughs> John came back. I said, yes, yes, he's coming. They kept on rowing, 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 rowing. John, I said, call the master. John said, I have called him. After a while, you know, four days, now, so Jesus did, do, go leave you. Be- <laughs> Four days, Now you do Lazarus, the family. So finally, now Peter enter. Ah, egbon. Nah, what's going on here? You know what Peter said? Why I'm sure this will happen is that Peter didn't come and say, "Master, help." What did he say? He said, "Don't you care that we're about to drown?" What does that tell you? They had called him before. I, you don't understand, Oga. Okay. You okay? Even if he didn't call you, you can't you feel the junk lover that is going on? <laughs> May the sleep of heaven sleep you. Amen. May the peace of God that passes all understanding come upon your home. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, cast your bodies upon the Lord for he cares for you. People of God, you need to do that. When you do it, you know what happens? The peace of God that passes all understanding will come upon your heart. You will sleep through the trouble. They wake you up and say, oh, but in the morning you wake up, what happened? You didn't hear the gunshot? It was going on rapidly for like 30 minutes. Uh-huh. In this neighborhood, yes now, uh-huh. the now start showing you bullet holes everywhere. What happened? Unknown oh, gun Where are they now? They've gone. Uh, what happened? Uh, we thank God, you were sleeping. You didn't lose your sleep over it. And all the bullet holes, none of them on your fence. None on your house. None on your roof. All your neighbors are wondering Wait, what did you use to wrap this place? It's called the shield of the Almighty. It will come upon you in the name of Jesus. Because of time, let me just leave there. I wanted to read it. But if you're going to read it again, Acts chapter 4. It's the same thing that happened. Okay, let's just quickly refer to it. Time will not will not spend much time on it. Acts chapter 4. Now, you know the story here. So, we will not spend too much time. After the threatening them, what did they do? They said you can't preach in this name again. What did they do? The Bible says they went back to their own companions, and they went and did what they went and prayed. In verse twenty-three, when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said. And when they heard this, they lifted now, please, that's it again? They lifted up their voices to oh God with one accord. And said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David your servant said, Why did the, the, the Gentiles rage and the people's devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Say for truly in this city, they were gathered against your holy servant Jesus, whom you are anointed. Now I listed all those people. Verse 29. And now, Lord... Take note of their threats, and grant that your bond servant may speak your word with all confidence, while you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. What did they do? They sat down here, they came together, and laid their burdens before the Lord. They itemized it. There are three things. in the number of things. Number one, they praised the Lord, spoke of his majesty, they talked about his promises, then they laid all the burdens down before the Lord. Everybody, can you do me a favor? Don't rise. Kneel. Use your chair for support. Turn to your chair. You have five minutes. You have five minutes. You can carry the chair whichever way. Use your chair for support. You have five minutes. I'm giving you five complete minutes. Lay the burdens down. Lay the burdens down. Remember, don't you are not going there to complain, no, you are not going there to grumble. In fact, you spend your first one minute thanking God for this opportunity, for the ability to come before his throne. Thank him, thank him. Thank you for the promises. He said, His promises, they're our shield. And our bulwark, they are, you know, our strong defence. That's what his promises are. New Living Translation says his faithful promises. Those are the steps. Number one, praise the Lord. Thank him. Look at how Ezekiah said, you are the true God. You are the true God. You are not the false God. Peter repeated the same things. Similar words. He said, oh Lord, this is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea. Say, Lord, it is you that made me. It is you that made my country, Nigeria. It is you that made my city, Enugu, or wherever you are. It is you that made it, Oh Lord. It is you that made it. You need to do that. Just say, Lord, you are the true God. You are the living God, the eternal king. Say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Father, you are my Father. Jesus, I live for you alone. Who do I have in heaven but you? Which other God? You need to spend a minute and tell him all of these things. Next, remind him of his promises. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will make all grace abound towards me. I will have all sufficiency in all things. Lord, these are the things you said. In the word you said, no evil will befall me. And no play will come near my dwelling. Lord, you said it. Lord, you said himself took my infirmities and my diseases. By the stripes of Jesus I have been healed. These are your promises. Uh-uh. You also talked about forgiveness. You forgive all my iniquities because Jesus paid What I'm suffering, some people say it's because of sin, but you forgive me. Now, brethren, take about two minutes, three minutes, and tell him everything. Please, this is not grumbling. Now, there's no my mate here. People say that in this country, if I stay here, I won't go forward in life. But I believe you have a call for me. You have an assignment for my life. Lord, remove confusion from my soul. Supply all these needs that I have before me. Lord, do for me what doctors can't do. Do for me what man cannot do. These are the voices of Rapsheka. These are the voices of Senachari that I've been hearing. That no, you never go away with me in this area. My future is bleak. My time is passing. These are the voices of Rav But it's not me they are taunting, Lord. It's you because I bear your name. Say, Lord, now act. Lord, now show your power. I cast my burdens before you. My fear of tomorrow. My fear for my children. My fear for my husband. My fear for my wife. My fear for my nation. My fear for the next presidential election. My fear for my environment. I have a farm. They said headmen are attacking our village. I travel a lot. They said the roads are unsafe. They said our village has been taken over by unknown gunmen. They said I can't come near. Lord, I lay all these fears before you. Oh, Lord, I have your promise. You said no evil will befall me. People of God, lay, just itemize it. No, we are not grumbling. No. We are saying, Lord, if you don't help, who will help me? We are saying, Lord, who do I have but you? Lord, why am I here this evening? Is it not because it is you that I am seeking? Lord, cure the incurable. Restored that which is said could not be restored. You are able to save to the uttermost. Lord, I run into you. You are my refuge. Say, Lord, I run into you, you are my refuge. Oh, begin to give the Lord thanks. If you need more time when you get home, please. You can take time out during the night and pray also. But give the Lord thanks. So we can depart from here as a gathering, but the prayer will not end. Let's just give the Lord thanks. The Lord will thank you. This is the confidence we have towards Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That's our confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Oh, give him praise today. Give him praise today. Give him praise today. Give him praise today. We will have glorified our feet and just read together Psalm 91 and then we share the grace. Psalm number 91. Psalm number 91. Are we there? Please, when we get to some of those parts, let's personalize them. But don't personalize 14 to 18. It was the Lord speaking, so allow Him to speak. I hope I get my point. So 14 to 16, I wanted to say, 14, 15, and 16, do not personalize. Just read it out. The Lord was speaking there. But the rest of it, now you can make your own confessions based on that later on. But for now, just allow Him to speak to you. But let's personalize everything as soon as we can. I will lead us in doing that. But let's read it together. One, two, let's go. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, Paul, say it. I dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We have verse two. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Three, for it is he who delivers me from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. Four, He will cover me with his pinions, and under his wings I may save refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. Five, I will not be afraid of the terror by night, of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but they shall not approach me. I will only look on with my eyes, And see the recompense of the wicked. For I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High my dwelling place. No evil will befall me, nor will any plague come near my tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning me, to guard me in all my ways. They will bear me up in their hands, that I do not strike my foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion and cobra. The young lion and the serpent I will trample down. Now the Lord is speaking from verse 14. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life I will satisfy him and let me see my salvation. Now listen to this. This is what God is saying to you. He said, because you have loved him, he will deliver you. Amen. He will set you securely on high. Amen. Because you have called upon his name. That's it. That's what he's talking about that there. You have known his name and you have called upon his name. So he said in verse 14, you will call on him and he will answer you. Amen. He will be with you in the time of trouble. Amen. He will rescue you. Amen. He will put honor upon you. Amen. He will satisfy you with long life. Amen. Satisfy, it means not in sickness. Not in poverty. Not in confusion. It's with satisfaction. So the Lord will satisfy you with long life. And he will let you see his salvation. Give the Lord thanks again this evening. Say, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we just thank you. Let's thank the Lord, and say, Father, we thank you.